All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's going on, dude? Just another day, you know. NFL season was fun. Playoffs were fun for a minute. But it's going to be fun to watch some uh, football this weekend. No horse in the race. Not really caring what happens. Being able to just enjoy it and see out the season. Yeah, your team was in the playoffs longer than mine. Mine uh, played Saturday night. because of when we played, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, let's, uh, we're going to obviously, we're going to, what's the agenda today? We're going to talk about some wild card matchups, what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like, you know, um, thoughts and, and, and things on that such nature. And then we're going to move on to the divisional round. We'll talk about those games, make our game predictions. Um, but you're going out of town this week. Uh, where are you going? You mind telling the, telling yeah, the family? Yeah, <clears throat> for those who don't know or are interested, uh, leaving for Dallas tomorrow. Going down there for a little bit of basketball. Going to see Luka Doncic in my first ever NBA game. And they're playing the Suns, who are the number one seed in the West. Chris Paul, one of the top five point guards all time. DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Young Stars, Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson, Chris Stapps, the whole crew. Luka, obviously. So, yeah, very exciting for uh, for me and Casey this weekend. I mean, obviously, you're going to see Luka. You're not going to see the Cowboys. <laughs> No, I'm not. Oh, God. I had to get a little troll in there. Sorry. So let's go ahead and start off with um, the first wild card matchup of the weekend. It was Saturday afternoon, about 4 o'clock, 4.30. The Raiders traveled to Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals picked up the win 26 to 19. This game's going to be highlighted by some ref officiating. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to move away from that. I thought Joe Burrow was. Was great in his first playoff game. Uh, he outdueled Derek Carr, and I thought the better team won the game, regardless of what uh, what the narrative on is on this. Um, you know, I've seen some Facebook mumbo jumbo going into this game that the Raiders were going to take over the stadium. Y- yeah, no, <laughs> that didn't happen at all. Uh, the Bengals came, they suited up, put on their orange and black, and they were they were loud. Uh, really cool, really cool uh, atmosphere that place was. I was impressed. I got to watch pretty much most of this game. I was out at a bachelor party. Uh, we were downtown Toledo having some beers with the boys, and we watched pretty much this entire game before heading to a hockey game. So um, I thought Burrow was great. What did you think? Yeah, um, it will be highlighted by the refing debacle there a little bit, but um, it doesn't take away that Burrow's first four drives were t- – touchdown field goal field goal touchdown they kind of were doing whatever they wanted to do in the first half um the complaints on the whistle blown for the touchdown it wasn't advertent but kind of hoping that they would bail out the touchdown I mean it was a good play by Burrow on the run open receiver um I really enjoyed what I saw to the Bengals offense that first half and then in the second half the Raiders were able to fight claw back make it a good game the kickers were very active in that first game and came down to it down seven and Derek Carr throws an interception uh in the red zone so Raiders had every chance to make it a game and it was a very good game uh one of the closer ones in the the first round there we did have a few blowouts but both these teams I think could be back next year um we'll see with the Raiders they have a lot of new infrastructure coming in in the front office but you know their team looks okay, and the Bengals look like they're going to be a team for the next ten years that are going to have a bid in the AFC. And it also completes that in the last five seasons, three teams from the AFC North have won a playoff game in the last five years: the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Who'd have thought? The Steelers haven't won a playoff game in five years. Correct, and I think they've been to the playoffs four times. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some food for thought. A. B. and Le- Le'Veon Bell were there less than five years ago. That's. I mean, that's nuts. It's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, the last playoff game we won was against the Dolphins, and then we lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars before they went to the AFC Championship game. We have not won a playoff game since we beat the Dolphins. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, we'll, we will 100% get to Pittsburgh here in a little bit, and we will talk a ton of Pittsburgh in the offseason and what their plans are. But uh, lots to lots to 
think about and move on from and uh their future is is definitely uh cloudy right now we'll get to the next game uh if you want to call it that so saturday night prime time um the buffalo bills hosted new england and uh you know i said before the game on the pod last week if you remember correctly i said this is a very unique matchup between two teams because or two teams that are going to play each other for a third time because a, they played each other all after December and B the two matchups were not an indication of what we would see in the game. And what I said was new England beat Buffalo in Buffalo with a massive windstorm, 14 to 10. And then a couple weeks later, Josh Allen and company came to new England Foxborough and forced the first ever uh, game in which bill Belichick didn't force a punt. First time in, in, in his coaching career where he didn't force a punt and Josh Allen went up and down the field. And I said, neither of those two things were happening. Well, Josh Allen had other plans. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I, um, I came late on Josh Allen, but I've stuck to my guns since I came around on him that I thought, I think he's elite. I think he's very elite. I haven't really backed off of that. Um, I have given Buffalo the business a lot this season because I didn't think they could run the ball. They were even pretty damn good at that on Saturday night. Um, I don't know how you watch this Buffalo team and don't think that they're absolutely 100% one of the top three to four most dangerous teams uh, left in this thing. So um, in recap, and we'll talk just like we'll talk a bunch of Steelers moving forward. We're going to talk a bunch of New England moving forward. But, uh, you know, I don't want to dwell on the whole Mac Jones Um situation right now i think new england has a lot of defensive issues they gave up 47 points um yeah i don't know there's a there's a whole lot to get to we're not i'm not going to just sit here and talk new england for an hour so um i was disappointed uh i did get to watch the entire game i uh i was at a hockey game but i had it we were in a suite for a bachelor party and i had it up on the screen and i'm pretty much watching hockey during the commercials and, and drinking with my friends and um, having the game on and I'm really focused on that. And then afterwards we, we went across the street to another bar and the game was still on. And at that point the game was pretty out of reach, but um, just insane that uh, the bills were able to have an offensive outing like that. I don't care where the game was played or what temperatures uh, against the bill Belichick led team. Yeah. Um, I know I posted in the Facebook page, this team only had seven third downs and one of them was on the drive in which they were kneeling out the game um, to do that against the top five defense was unprecedented. Um, I think everyone, even the people who had bills thought that it could possibly be big, but most likely close um, with the Patriots having a really good chance. Um, that was bigger than big. I think for what most people thought could be potentially big. Um, most people who watch this game, including me, I mean, I know a lot of people love to to beat down on the Patriots, but I mean, I just think when Josh Allen's on his game, this offense is is unguardable. They just do too many things well. And I, I mentioned that in the last two to three weeks, Devin Singletary has been getting going in the regular season. His team's finding a run game to help Josh Allen. And it just makes everything it just makes everything scary because Josh Allen, I mean, is like 250 pounds and he can, he can run and he can move. And it's just fascinating to watch him play. And it's a bummer for the neutral fan. We don't get to see Mahomes versus Allen in the, in the AFC championship game. One of them are going to knock each other out here, but I mean, it's just in awe of how Bill Belichick and a top five defense. So he's got the players just couldn't find any answers at all for Josh Allen and it was kind of you know they were inconsistent throughout the season and again we were like oh they're not as good as we think they're inconsistent here and there lost to the Jags 6-9 they found a way to be 11-6 and win their division and then somehow steamroll the Patriots in the first round the Bills are incredibly scary and they're a team that's going to be around for a long time and if you're looking at the AFC, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, I mean, that's four quarterbacks. But then you look at teams, you know, like the Titans somehow have the one seed. So the NFL is just so crazy. And the, the top four in the AFC are going to be so fun to watch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, food for thought um, that I want to play on, lay on the uh, listeners here as we move into 
um, off season pod in a, in a month or so when we really heat up and we'll start talking draft and free agency and off season. But <clears throat> the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins were mediocre franchises for 20 years when Belichick had Tom Brady. And one of the reasons for that, and I've, I've, I've gotten into so many arguments with people about, you know, why the AFC was so bad. There's a precedent in football, in the NFL specifically. If you're not as good as your competitor, upgrade. So you're constantly going to be changing coaches and quarterbacks and things of that such nature because it's pretty clear on the field. If you continuously lose the same person, you're not as good. That's just a fact, right? Would you agree? I mean, yeah, Josh, Allen, yeah, Josh Allen and his last six games against Bill Belichick, he's five and one. And the one loss was 50 miles an hour wins. So if that's what it's going to take to beat Josh Allen, things need to change, right? Uh, so here's my food for thought. I don't, under any circumstances, imagine that Bill Belichick is okay with having a less than suffice quarterback to go against Josh Allen for the next X amount of years Bill Belichick's going to coach. And we'll leave it at that. I also want to say um, a lot of people, including myself, have been on Josh Allen and what the offense did. This defense did finish the year number one in total defense. Yes, and it's Matt, good. Very good defense. Matt Jones has put up 40-plus points two or three times this year. This offense has shown the ability to at least compete. And this defense kind of shut down Matt Jones all three times that they played him. He's still a rookie. I know we don't look at him like that because of how good the Patriots went on like an eight-game win streak, played the Cowboys in Tampa close. But there may be a learning curve. So I, I just also at the same time, this is a really good defense, chip on the shoulder, and they still don't have Tredavious White, who's gone for the season, who will be back next year. So I just think this is a complete team. And I believe if every team in the playoffs were to play their best ball, I think the Bills might be the best team in the AFC. Uh, we'll move to Sunday. Uh, Sunday started off uh, one o'clock. Uh, the Eagles traveled to Tampa Bay. Um, <coughs> there was a couple of games that we felt, you know, um, we've been advocates that more teams in the playoffs is is probably a good thing in the NFL. It's good football, regardless. Um, there's, there's this game was really going to be one of two ways. The Eagles were either going to be able to a run the ball and play good, have a good pass rush and be in this thing, or they were going to get blown out. Well, they got blown out 31 to zero um, until they finally mustered up 15 points at the end to make it 31, 15, almost respectable. But um, I got to watch a little bit of this one on Sunday morning uh, or Sunday afternoon. I was visiting some family in Detroit, um, had a really fun day. Uh, didn't sit down to watch and dedicate myself to football until the Sunday night game, but I watched probably 10 minutes of the first quarter, seen a touchdown drive and that was about it. But, um, yeah, a lot of people trolling me on, on the real talk page and, you know, saying, you know, Hey, the Patriots are out. Sir Def's going to throw his Tom Brady Jersey on. I've made this very clear multiple times. I'm a Patriots fan, not, I'm not, not a Buccaneers fan. But I am a Tom Brady fan. He's my favorite player that's ever laced up a pair of boots, ever put on a pair of cleats, better put on a pair of tennis shoes. And if if Tom Brady and myself were playing a game of go fish, I would root for Tom Brady. I I mean, legitimately, he's my favorite athlete ever. Um, and it pains me to see him to have success. Not pains me to see him have success other way, other way, but uh, it pains me to see him not have success in New England, I guess. Um, and every time he throws one to Gronk, it makes me hurt even more. So... Yeah, I was uh, I was happy to see the Bucks win. Um, they are my second choice if I if I get to choose a team to win at all. Um, I thought they played great. Yeah, um, kudos to the Eagles defense. Um, the Eagles offense and special teams did everything they could possibly do to get blown out. The Eagles defense tried their best to make it a game, just didn't happen. You got fumbled punts. You have just terrible offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts throwing interceptions. Um, Tampa's defense proved why they are such a frightening team. Of course, you have Tom Brady and a surgeon on offense and a very well-oiled offense and this and that. But then when you go on the defensive side, they have a front seven that can just destroy a team from the inside out. It's what they were able to do. And I believe they were up 31 nothing or something like that going into the fourth. Yeah. I mean, they kind of let their foot off the gas. Eagles found two late touchdowns to maybe find something positive to build next season. 
But again, um, the Eagles, what a defensive effort, especially in the first half. Played way better than I think a lot of people thought. But in the end, Tampa just proved too much. And again, even if it's a route, it's something to talk about. It's something to drink beers while doing. It's something to communicate with at work. More playoff games is not a bad thing. We're at a perfect number. It's less than half the league, but it's almost half the league. I think that's great. Um, you'll never hear me complain about that. You saw many posts on the Facebook page where I kind of mocked that, like, oh, another blow. Guess what? We all watched as many snaps as we could, and we were happy it was on. So you're never going to complain there. But, <clears throat> yeah, the Eagles just aren't quite there. And um, you could say some of the teams maybe, but, I mean, they, they beat a bunch of very bad teams in a favorable schedule there to make the playoffs and then just got routed, which they weren't the only ones. So it happens. But, um, yeah, Tampa rolled. No, no shocks there, really. Yeah, I think this next one was the consensus game of the weekend. Um, I don't think it's arguable. This was definitely the game of the day, game of the weekend. Uh, and it was it was basically the game that I was seeing with the most picks on each side. Um, I think when you asked a lot of people this weekend, a lot of people were taking the home teams, and the home teams did go 5-1, and one, but the one road team was the San Francisco 49ers that went into AT&T Stadium. And they beat Dak Prescott, Mac McCarthy, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you're listening to this pod, I'm assuming you're a football fan and you know the storylines of this game. There's a lot to talk about here. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it. But, I mean, ultimately, the, the Cowboys decide when they have less than 15 seconds to run a quarterback draw. And it was uh, less than optimal because they put themselves in position to basically have a perfect ending to a football game. And, they ran out of time. So ultimately, I think uh, I think Dallas is, is a very good team. They are. They're very good. But they're not elite. And they, they lack in some areas. And I'm not saying that the 49ers are elite, but they're a pretty good team too. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, I, don't, I don't have a ton to say about this team. I, I'm not shocked. I don't think you are either that this that this went down this way. I think both of us seen it could have happened. We definitely both took the Cowboys. We thought this was a winnable game for them. I still do think that they could beat this team again. Um, it just didn't play, play out for them. What do you think? Yeah, one thing that I've been very consistent on this year with the Cowboys is being wrong about the Cowboys. I mean, all year. <laughs> from, from before the season to during to after, I said yeah. they were going to be bad. They end up being really good. I said the defense was bad. They have the interception leader, Micah Parsons, defense play of the year candidate. Then when I have them at number one on my top ten rankings, they they get blown out by the Broncos. And then we go into this playoff game. And what I say, I said, Cowboys big. And then I said, but if it's close. So first, the game, all you need to know, transpired exactly the opposite of how I said it transpired. Down to the very end where I was finally right. Because it was obvious. I said if it was late in the game and it was a one-possession game, I trust Kyle and Jimmy way more than I trust Mike and Dak in time management. And they ran a QB sneak, or a QB draw, excuse me. It might have worked if he just wanted five yards for the first down, but Dak runs almost 20 yards, and it was just a mess. We all saw what happened. We've all seen it on the shows the last two days. But this team, throughout the season, was the most penalized team in the league and the worst time management team in the league. And both of those reared their heads throughout the entire game from first snap to last. I think there was 14 accepted penalties and nine were pre-snap. It speaks volumes of the discipline and the coaching on this team. However, their talent is so elite that somehow this was a game. If this team could get disciplined follow the rules and play clean football, there is overflowing talent in the cup for this team at all the important positions. But they were too undisciplined, and in the end, it was their undoing. And what can you say about the 49ers? Again, it's something I've said for a very long time. This team defensively is sound. We hope Nick Bosa and Fred Warner are both ready to go next week. But the 49ers have four or five positionless players on their team. Kittle, Samuel, 
use check with an offensive line. They line up in any way, shape, or form and could have three running backs on the field, seven offensive linemen, and six wide receivers. And it was too much for the 40 or Cowboys early. Um, they ended up making it close late, got a uh, got an interception. You know, on a fourth and one, they take a delay game and end up having to punt. A lot of things went in the Cowboys' favor. A dead team was given hope, and it just fell short. 49ers could have easily routed this game. Um, Cowboys got to go back to the drawing board. I don't know if they want to keep the same head coach, but to be the most penalized team in the league, worst time managed, and to still go 12-5, and five, you have to say they're close, but it's just unfortunate for Cowboys fans, and I'm sure a lot of people reap the benefits because – you know, a lot of the a lot of the teams that went down this weekend are a lot of fan bases that have had success or at least have, you know, popular fan bases, and the Cowboys were one that fell victim to themselves. Yeah, yeah, I don't have much much more to add. I, I do think that um, 49ers are a really good football team, and we thought they would be a really good football team to start the year, and they just kind of had their their faults throughout the year, and. Uh, I mean, ultimately, if in the start of the year, if you would have told me, hey, Niners in the divisional round, I would have said, of course. So I'm not shocked by this at all. This is a very good football team. Um, moving on here, Sunday night football, uh, Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, head to Kansas City um, to play the Chiefs. And, you know, uh, you kind of called this one right down the head. Um I, I picked the Chiefs to win, but I, I thought the Steelers could keep it close. And for the most part, I was almost right. Uh, they kept it really, really close for almost the first half until it got kind of out of hand with a few minutes ago, and then it really got out of hand. I won't say anything more. I'll let you go in. I'll let you say your remarks about Ben, and I'll let you just start talking here. Yeah, um, plain and simple, uh, refs had it out for the Steelers. Uh, was, um, what was it? 19 punts in the first half by the Steelers, I think. 19 or 20 punts. Um, offense was just abysmal. Um, TJ Watts out here trying to drag this team to a tie game at halftime. Uh, gosh, I was on the table. Pay the man. I'm so glad we did. It is, it is just joyful to watch TJ Watt go to work. Um, a lot of people will say Devin Bush redeemed himself, bad season, but got the pick. Man, he was covering nobody, and that ball just kind of fell to him. He was in no man's land. But uh, with Ben, um, been my quarterback my whole life. I was nine when he was drafted, started watching football. Um, I had a real emotional night um, when he beat the, the Browns at Heinz Field. It was a very – was a moment I wasn't anticipating. I got more emotional than I thought I would. Um, after the final whistle blew, it wasn't during the game, it was after the final whistle blew, and then we were able to get the Cinderella ending against the Ravens. And then the Colts had to put us in this situation, those bastard Colts. Why couldn't they just beat the Jaguars? Now we got to walk into Arrowhead and get slaughtered at the end. But we were playing on house money, um, and I quote Mike Tomlin, the greatest head coach in front of a microphone of all time, was asked... <clears throat> what he told his players before the game. And he said, don't blink. If you're a blinker, cut off your eyelids. We know what type of game this is going to be. It's going to take a ridiculous effort and 60 minutes of it. Well, our defense gave the most ridiculous effort I have seen them give in a long time. 0-0 zero, zero at the end of the first quarter. We're up 7 nothing, and our offense had 44 yards at halftime. It's so disgusting. But T.J. Watt, and he looked good carrying that ball, toting that boy, a little stiff arm, get off me, slide into the end zone. And then uh, they scored like 42 points in 11 minutes. I don't know what happened. It just – like, so, you know, it was just – they are who we thought they were. We knew the Steelers' offense was abysmal. Um, again, there will be a huge talking point with me being a Steelers fan and all the changes that will be coming in the offseason, quarterback issues, stuff like that. But – um, we're playing the house money. Big Ben had a great, great ending. Beat the Browns, beat the Bank, or beat the Ravens. Uh, won his last game at Heinz Field, his last Monday nighter. Went to third all time in postseason passing yards. Two time Super Bowl champ. He's got a few records that are unique. Um, but 
Brett Favre and Big Ben, greatest backyard football players of all time. I have a lot of what are you doings and a lot of holy crap, no one else can do that. It's been a joy to watch. It's over under the next stage. But the Steelers, even with our great defense, the past three years, there's been 30 teams I'm okay playing and one that kills us every time. Patrick Mahomes. He just destroys the Steelers. Um, he's, a, he's a tough read, especially with Kelsey and Hill, and that's why they are uh, been to two Super Bowls, you know, never played an away game. And if, if they can take care of business and the Bengals beat the Titans, who knows? Maybe they just keep that record alive under Mahomes. But he's dangerous. The offense is ridiculous. They got Jarek McKinnon going for 100 yards, Travis Kelsey throwing touchdowns. I mean, it became laughable. I think the Steelers – uh it was like popping a tire once they got that second touchdown. You know, they tied it up. We go three and out punt. They score. Somehow go three and out without running much clock off. They go like 70 yards in a minute and 11 seconds. Touchdown on third and 20. Now, I don't know what the, the hot halftime locker room looked like, but, you know, I think Jalen Rager and Deontay Johnson might be related. I don't know. But, uh, Steelers are a mess. Defense, good. But what can you say about the Chiefs? Ridiculous. You know, I uh, <clears throat> had a lot of time to think about this weekend's game, just working and thinking about things, listening to different podcasts. And I've kind of somewhat thought this throughout the season, but it really started to come to me after the season when I could look back and reflect. Our teams were exactly the same. Pretty close. If you beat the Lions and not tie them, we have the exact same record. Yeah. Okay. We get thrashed by the two best quarterbacks in the AFC, unless you're concluding Herbert, then two of the three. Okay. Um, but we're not going to get to it. We have Hall of Fame level. We have Hall of Fame level coaching. Very good defenses. Limited quarterback play. We try very hard to run the ball. We're not all that great at it, but we try. It, very similar seasons. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, you guys were you guys were the number one seed last year, number two seed, two seed maybe. Yeah, no, you guys were number. I think we fell to to three. I think we okay. fell we, to three. You guys were a high seed last year in losing the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs at all, but. You know, this year we we both go in as as road road dogs. It's just like uh, very similar. I mean, obviously the I think the teams are closer than we both probably think right now. I mean, it's really tough to kind of look at your team and be like, ah, you just got obliterated. I think they're both really close. It's just unfortunately, I think they they need similar things. But um, yeah, just something I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, Monday night playoff game for the first time ever. Uh, the Rams, the LA Rams, Matthew Stafford hosting the Arizona Cardinals for their round three battle. Yeah, I'm this is like the one game I called perfectly, <laughs> like the, the one game. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals suck. I don't know what the hell happened. Actually, I kind of do. We predicted this team as a sub-500 team that could probably beat a lot of people but lose to a lot of people too, and that's what they were. Looking back, they just had a really hot start, and I'm not sure what really justified the hot start, but they're not very good. They're an average football team. Um, and the Rams, a team that I was actually really high on uh, with Matthew Stafford, I mean, they're as good as I thought they would be. Odell Beckham looks fantastic. Um, I still regret not recording our conversation that we had about Odell Beckham because we were both in love with the, the pickup and we thought it would be great. And it shows he's out there throwing 40 yard bombs. Yeah. We both thought it was the ideal location. We just didn't yeah. think it was even in play. Like we didn't think yeah. that, that was even a thing that kind of came out of left field. Yeah. But now we were like, perfect. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a ton to say on this game. This is exactly as I, I, I laid it out. I, I, I thought the Rams would win and they did convincingly. Yeah. Um, after our podcast, um, I was swayed. Uh, I completely looked at it from a different perspective. I actually won a little bet with a friend. I took Rams 11 plus. I thought that the Rams oh, wow. were just 
Yeah, I actually won a bet and won some money. I completely flipped because this team is built on one thing on their offense. DeAndre Hopkins is the number one, and then everyone else has their roles. And when DeAndre fell out, this team was lost. I think they were three and seven without DeAndre Hopkins. For a wide receiver to matter that much, it's kind of embarrassing as a head coach and play caller that you can't with that talent. Also, I can confirm I there's nothing I don't like Kyler Murray. I can't stand his personality. I don't like the way he carries himself. He looks like he's so done with the game as soon as it looks like he's gonna lose. And he is the most live bet quarterback I've ever seen. You cannot bet on the Cardinals until you see two drives from them. And then you almost know exactly if they have a chance to win or not. He was just giving up that disgusting pick six. They don't utilize his legs. And then the offense, poor JJ, kudos for the effort, man. But the arm looked, I mean, you could tell he was playing a different way. Cam Akers put Buda Baker in the hospital. Uh, Cam Akers the power and the vision he was displaying, he looks way better than he did last year. Cam Akers tore his Achilles six months ago. You'd think he got a, I mean. Absolutely incredible. It's incredible I, that he was even I know able there to was, step on the field. Yeah, I know there was big holes, but when he hit him and got to the second, third level, he was making guys miss and punishing people. He was a man on a mission. He looks so healthy that that's what makes me go maybe even more all in on the Titans. Because I think we're going to see a similar Derrick Henry. Six weeks fresh off, no contact, just waiting to find people in the open field. But Cam Akers played incredible. For your team to be up 28 or 21 nothing, and Cooper Cup has two targets, one catch for five yards. For your team to win 34 to 11. And your quarterback had 13 completions, but it'd be for 202 yards and three total touchdowns. The Rams look scary because when the Rams were their best with golf, they were run first and had a good defense. Well, now they're run first with a better defense and a better quarterback. Yikes. This team looks really good. Um, it's an interesting matchup with this team, particularly going out to Lambeau. Adams versus, I mean, we'll talk about that matchup in a little bit. I'm sorry, 49ers first. You're right. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, totally right. You're good. You're You're good. good. Yeah, they're going to play Brady and the Bucks in Tampa. Why did you slip my predictions a little bit? <laughs> but, uh, the, the, the Rams looked really good. Um, the Browns this year, their wide receivers as a whole have seven touchdown catches. Odell has six with the Rams since the trade deadline. Speaks volumes about what you can do. Uh, Matt Stafford's just tossing that pill around the yard. Very efficient handoffs. It looks smooth all night. And their special teams is scary, too. Matt Gay, Johnny Hecker, bombs for legs. Uh, this team looks looks like they're well-oiled and ready to make a run. Obviously, Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to do their thing. And uh, people have been talking about some podcasts where Russell Wilson, you know, is kind of leaked that he was like, Vaughn coming into the season, he doesn't look like he's as in shape. Now he's still Von Miller's freak. But Von Miller kind of sat through the Broncos, got traded, found new life. It looks like it's taken him a couple weeks, but he looks tip-top, ready to go. Had a sack some TFLs last night. Aaron Donald wrecking the middle. Eric Weddle didn't look bad. He didn't have any splash plays, but there was never a time we were like, what, what is Eric Weddle doing? He was solid. He looked like a veteran there for third down pass, pass base. So... Cardinals, we'll talk a lot in the offseason. They looked abysmal because they were the only team that got blown out that wasn't really expected to. Could have happened, sure, but outside of Steelers-Eagles, we didn't expect to see the Rams really take it to their divisional foe who they split with in the regular season. But what can you say about the Rams is perfect. It's perfect all night. Yeah. Um, two things I want to talk about that I didn't even prep you for before we get into the divisional round. Um, who do you think was just the most impressive team this weekend? I'm the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, and I don't mean to say, it was just, it was a little unexpected. Their defense completely shut down, and I've never seen an offensive performance. Well, actually, neither is the NFL. What we saw, especially against the top five defense, the perfect game they played. 
um, for a team as inconsistent throughout the year that showed signs of greatness to see what they can be firing on all cylinders. I In zero degrees. Put, yeah, put everybody on notice that this team, when it's right, it's it might be unbeatable. Yeah, no, I thought they were the most impressive team as well. And I, to be honest, I didn't I didn't think it was arguable. I just thought that um, from start to finish, no no blunders, just absolute beatdown, ass kicking. Um, one more topic. We talked about this really briefly just on the phone privately yesterday. I want to I want to talk about it before we get into the divisional round. Um, the NFL gets things right more often than not. It might take time, but they get it right. How awesome is it? that we're seeing these players come back from injuries after long periods of time and they're allowed to play again. The, they kind of went away with the season-ending IR when the COVID start, and it ended up being great. I mean, it's kind of bullshit that a player has to miss six to seven weeks and they're just done for the year. If they can play after 10, let them play after 10. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. um, Cam Makers last night, what a cool story that was, legitimately recovering from an Achilles after six months. I, I – tr- I've never had an Achilles, so I'm not trying to speak from experience, but I don't think anybody listening has any idea what that's like. It's unfathomable that the dude's even walking, let alone taking full-on carries in an NFL playoff game. It's and nuts. bullying people. And bullying, yeah, just, it's absolutely insane. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster debuted on Sunday Night Football back with the Steelers, and then Derrick Henry next week in the divisional round. And I'm sure there's others I'm missing, and I apologize. David Bakhtiari, uh, Zedarius Smith, and possibly Jair Alexander for the Packers all coming back after missing time. J.J. Yeah. Watt. Ultimately, what, what do you think? Is this something you like? Is you think this is something that's a bad rule? I mean, what? Yeah. It's fantastic. I look at, you know, maybe some other sports that are scared to do things that the fans think are better. Like, so you have the targeting call in NCAA. It wouldn't be that big of an issue if players weren't ejected from the game. So there's always that, but it won't get changed. Or in soccer, um, maybe some of you guys don't know this little lesson here. In a 90-minute game, you are only allowed to substitute three players. Well, during COVID, because, you know, it's a chess thing and things of that nature, they increased it to five. You could only substitute on three occasions, but up to five players now. And everybody loved it. After COVID, they went back to three. And there's like a con for why can't we just keep the five? Why can't we go back? The NFL, when they see something to make it better, they do it. Now, I know some of you are listening to like, well, this refereeing's a joke. Aside from the refereeing, hopefully we go to what this XFL stuff's doing. We'll see more because we got the spring league, the XFL, some leagues coming up this year. But the NFL's not afraid to experiment with them first and then bring it in. But we'll see. But the NFL more often than not makes changes, and it's like, yeah, I'm down for that. And seeing these players come back, or if you lose a player in the first couple of weeks, you know, there's a chance now with modern medicine and the recovery and all that that we see these players come back. And oftentimes look better than when they left. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Divisional football. You ready? Sure. So the reason we're doing this so early, Brad, like Brad alluded to in the beginning of this episode, he's heading to Dallas. Um, just don't really have time to link up later in the week. So we're just going to hit it now. Um, I reserve the right to change my opinions later in the week if, if things happen. But here we go. Um, the first game is supposed to be Saturday at 430 on CBS. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed in the AFC, are going to be hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals, I should add. Um, yeah. Where are you going here? Um, I'll start out with my pick. Um, I'm taking the Titans. Um, the Titans at home. Um, I listened to the Pat McAfee show and Tone Dig, shout out. He, um, he gave me an interesting stat about Mike Vrabel. Okay, we always talk about the tough guy, the former player, you know, leads his team. Off of a bye, Mike Vrabel is 4-0 and in his career. And when he's had more time to prepare, he's 8-0. and Mike Vrabel is extremely smart. He has this team positioned very well every week that they play. We're shocked somehow that they're 11-5. and This is a good team. The best defense they've had in two decades, arguably, for the Titans. And when Derrick Henry comes back, it opens up everything for this passing game. You have Anthony Ferkser. A.J. Brown's been tearing it up while he's being double-covered. 
You have a healthy Derrick Henry coming back into a weak rush defense by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think the Bengals can win one way, and that's by, you know, outscoring. Um, I don't think 26, what they did against the Raiders, is enough to beat the Titans. And I think the Titans have a better defense than the Raiders. I think at home, at, off of a bye, I give the coaching edge to um, to Mike Vrabel. Um, I love the Bengals. I love what they're doing. I, I enjoy watching them, and they have every chance to win this game. But I like the number one seed at home. King Henry announces his return. I could see him going for over a buck fifty. Um, I think they control the clock. A lot of Joe Burrow on the sideline, and um, I just I like the Titans in this matchup. Uh, great win for the Bengals, like like we said last week. Um, but the number one seed takes care of business. Yeah, I've seen something shared by Bengals fans on Facebook. And it said, now we know why the Bengals intentionally lost week 18, dropping <laughs> three to the four seed. <laughs> they didn't want to have to play Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. They only wanted to play one of them. And now they don't have to. One of them is going to take out each other. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going are gonna to go to battle, and one of them will be eliminated. If you ask me right now, Bengals, who would you rather play, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Ryan Tannehill? They're going to say, uh, we'll take Ryan Tannehill. But it comes with Derrick Henry. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather – they're going to get a full-fledged Derrick Henry. I, I fully believe it. I hate that these two teams are playing because, obviously, I, I, I'll be straight with you. I'm polling 100% for Tom Brady at this point. I want him to win every Super Bowl he can if New England's not in it. But the other two teams that I want to win it besides Tom are, are playing each other. Um, I love Vrabel. I love the Titans. I think they play with a complete unique smash mouth style of football that is super fun to root for and super fun to watch. Um, Julio Jones finally scoring his first touchdown in week 18 against Houston. Maybe they have something there and he can be a great number two to AJ Brown. <coughs> but I think to myself legitimately when I'm breaking this game down because I don't want to overthink it. I have a question. Who the fuck is guarding Jamar Chase? Team effort. effort. (laughs) It's worked for nobody. That has worked for literally no one. I like legitimately, we've we've made this comment before. In order to win Super Bowls in this league, you have to have a coach, a quarterback, a line, and it seems like you have to have a lockdown corner. Like you just have to. Like it just teams aren't winning without one. Who's guarding Jamar Chase? Like they just there's no answer. And it seems like these last couple of weeks Joe Burrow has been unreal. I, I, this is a coin flip game. I literally contrasting styles of offense for sure. It is. It 100% is. And of all the games this weekend, and we're getting Niners at Packers, we're getting Rams, Buccaneers, you're getting Brady, you're getting Stafford, you're getting Mahomes, Josh Allen. Dude, I'm most excited for the Bengals and Titans to do battle. I'm so pumped for this game. Titans are favored three and a half per Bleacher Report app. I, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. And here's, I'm going to give my prediction in a second. I said we were going to do this. Who's the X factor in this game? I, I think it's it's got to be, um, I'm going to say, I don't know the other guy, but I'm going to say the pass rush of the Titans. They got to make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. They have to collapse the pocket. If he's comfortable, the so Bengals... Bundy free and whoever's opposite of him. Yeah. Uh, the pass rush has to get there, um, or else Joe Burrow, I think, can put up too many points. Because, like you said, they don't have a, a lockdown corner. Uh, they got Kevin Byard back there, but they have three explosive wide receivers: um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, uh, Uzmoa had a touchdown. So they present a unique challenge passing wise. So the pass rush for the Titans has to be the X factor in the game. Um, Obviously, we could have said Derrick Henry, but we're trying to steer away from the obvious choices. Yeah. Um, pass rush for the Titans. Yeah, I mean, for me, and it's it's the reason I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Titans. I'm picking the Titans 
just to be, I'm not going to be mad whoever wins this game. I'm going to be very excited for that team, actually, and the opportunity that they have waiting for them, whether that be the, the – Whether that – it's huge. It's huge. Whether that be the Chiefs, whether it be the Bills, regardless, one of these two teams is going to move out, and they're going to have to play even better ball in that championship game. Um, I'm going to take the Titans because I think they have a better coach. I think they have good receivers or good enough receivers to match what Cincy's receivers are. Um, A.J. Brown is – a dog, and I think they have the better defense and overall just a better roster. I don't think anybody's guarding Jamar Chase, but I don't think the Bengals have a remote answer for Derrick Henry, and I'm going to assume he's good enough to go. So my X factors, my my X factors, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, he he's not the best player for the Titans, not close. Um, he may be top five. He's he's definitely not top five of the Bengals. The Bengals got some dudes. Um, I just think that Ryan Tannehill won't turn it over. He'll hand it to Derrick Henry enough. He'll make enough plays. This is going to be an absolute fun game. I can't wait. I, I've talked about it enough, but I'm going to take the Titans because they're the home team, better coach, solid quarterback, um, great receivers. They're going to get it done. Moving on, Saturday night, Fox 815 the San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Green Bay to play the Green Bay Packers 13 and 4 on the year. So over the last year and a half, the Packers had dropped several games to the Niners. It seemed like they were a mismatch to them, but then earlier in the year they actually they beat the Niners. Um it was a week three matchup, I think it was. I don't quite remember, but they they did play this year and the and the Packers won. I've made multiple predictions that I don't think that the Packers are winning the Super Bowl. I just, I just don't think that's happening. Um, but I do think they get past the Niners. I think they're just better. Um, they're just better. I, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is playing really good football, and the quarterback play of Jimmy G isn't going to be enough. Stafford, Brady, we'll save that for next week if it gets there. Right now, it's a there's a clear Aaron Rodgers better than Jimmy G. It ain't close. So, uh, and honestly, I think Matt Lafleur is better than Kyle Shanahan. We've been talking about Kyle Shanahan, not necessarily us, but the NFL world has talking about Kyle Shanahan for a long time. I think Matt Lafleur is just as good, if not better. I mean, in in Matt Lafleur's coaching career, there's been one time where I'm like, really? Are you dumb? When he kicked the field goal against Tampa in the NFC Championship game last year. Outside of that. I think he's always made pretty smart decisions. Seems like he's always putting his team in position to win. And honestly, Green Bay just they got dudes. They got they got a lot of players. This is a fun game though. Yeah, um Joey Bosa with the concussion or Nick Bosa with the concussion. We're not sure if he'll go. Fred Warner's gonna be playing on a re-sprained left ankle, it looks like. Um I don't think the secondary is any answer for Devontae Adams. I do think the Packers are a little bit better than they've been the past two years, even though they've been 13 and three, both those years as well. I agree um, with that. I think they're a better team. High of one degrees um, for Saturday night. Um, AJ Dillon's been a tank for them is a nice, actually a really wonderful two punch to Aaron Jones. David Bakhtiari comes back. Um, they get merciless. Uh, Whitney merciless. Uh, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, all good to go on the defensive line. J.R. Alexander coming back. I think this team's great. I think they're peaking at the right time. Jimmy Garoppolo in this cold weather, he already said that the reason he threw the pick on the run was because he couldn't quite grip the ball tightly because of the the big, probably big injury in his right hand. And now he's playing with a hard ball in sub-zero degree temperatures against a really good team, an opportunistic defense, along with a non-turnover offense in the Packers. Um, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are a cheat code this year. Just stupid sometimes what they can do. Um, 49ers had a great year, um, but I think it ends in Lambeau, and the NFC Championship and AFC Championships are hosted by the one seed together. Titans and Packers both going through. Yeah, we agree. X factor in this game. Um, I think it is going to be <clears throat> um the, the Smith brothers. 
um, for the Green Bay Packers. Everyone's saying that the way for the 49ers to win is because they run the ball so well, so versatile. Um, that defensive line is going to have to consistently win up front. And if they stifle the 49ers, this game's over. Um, but if the 49ers are able to dominate that off that defensive line and move the ball, running the ball all over, Jimmy only has to throw 13 times. Um, that's a way that they can get upset. And uh, that's not the way the Packers want to go out, definitely. So their defensive line has to play really well. I know I did that for the Titans, too. But Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, they got to stop the run. Yeah, I think I think it's got to be Kittle. Um, we've seen a lot of Debo Samuel over the, the last couple of weeks. We've seen um, a fair share of Elijah Mitchell and, and all these other ways that these guys are doing things. But Kittle's been pretty quiet over these last two or three weeks. Definitely need a big game out of Kittle, both blocking, both receiving. Um, this is going to be a cold-weather game, something he shouldn't be, you know, obviously Iowa and getting down to one degrees normally, but he's played in cold-weather football before. He's no he's no stranger to that. We're going to need a really big out from him, both in the, in the blocking game and the receiving game, and he's got to come up big. He's got to come up big. I think the 49ers just having an injured quarterback is a lot to overcome when you're playing the Packers. I just can't get that out of my head. Yeah, I will say this. I'm I'm pumped for Jimmy G. I hope he plays the game of his life. Uh, but I think it's a tall task. I think uh, Rodgers has played really good football this year. Sunday, 3 o'clock, NBC. You got the L.A. Rams 12-5 and on the year traveling to Tampa to play the 13-4 and Buccaneers. Um. Both these teams kind of handled their business this past weekend, and now they got a showdown. Matthew Stafford getting his first career playoff win. Does he get a second? Yeah, so I think it's really just disappointing what's happening to the Buccaneers. The loss of Godwin, the loss of A.B., and now having to play on wild card weekend, the injuries to the offensive line, their running back room's a mess. Um most of the time, I'd like to say Tom Brady can overcome, you know, more things than not. And this front seven looks really good. But the Rams offensive line plays so well. They have two wide receivers at the top of the game right now. Odell, especially in spurts, Cooper Cup as a whole against a, a weaker secondary. Um, you've got Aaron Donald and Von Miller going up against a kind of crippled offensive line. You've got your center who's limping off the field. Your right tackles in a walking boot, and his backup got a little bit banged up. Von Miller and Aaron Donald in those matchups. Mike Evans is your true number one target, or Gronk. Either one of them will have Jalen Ramsey on them at all times. Those are his two assignments. If not, they just maybe pick one. Um, I think at full health, I would take the Buccaneers. But right now, the way it's shaping up, weather shouldn't be an issue in Tampa. Um I like the Rams to come in and get an upset. Um, the 49ers are the two seed for a reason, um, but this is a really tough game. All the teams left in the playoffs are really good. Um, the, the Rams just look like they're rolling, and you can't help but think they did beat them 31-14 in the regular season. You could always allude to maybe Brady's looking forward to the Patriots the following week. Sure, that is something you could say, but... Rams beat them once, and it was handily by 17, I believe. And they're coming in again. They've got solid special teams. Again, their their team just seems rolling the running game. Cam Akers comes back. I like the Rams. I'm never going to say it's a big win because you got Brady on the other side, and this team is good, and their front seven matches up well versus the run game. But I like the Rams in a 27-23, 27-24 game to win here in Tampa, and the Rams move on. Yeah, you know, I alluded last week that I thought the extra day of rest for Tom Brady would be would be big. Um, had a feeling it would be Rams and, and Buccaneers, and I was right. And I, I'm alluding to that too. Um, Tom Brady in a playoff game at home is going to be really tough to beat. I mean, uh, I don't have a lot of reasons here. I think that the the Tampa Bay run defense is still there. Um, their front seven is still there. It's very hard to run on this team. The Rams are not going to have the success that they did. Um, against Arizona, and that's going to be a problem. Obviously, you have Cooper Cup and Odell, and that's been great, and, and Vince Jefferson and all that stuff, but um, I'm afraid the Rams become too one-dimensional too quickly. And uh, regardless of who's starting, 
Tom Brady's quick release quarterback. That's why his offensive lines are pretty much always good, no matter who's starting back there. Um, they neutralized down with some quick passes on the outside. And I think Tampa Bay wins this one really close as well. Um, 26, 24, 27, 24. I have it flipped. Uh, I'm going Tampa. It's going to be a good game. X Factor. Either Von team. Miller. Von Miller's got to be the X Factor. Um, we know Aaron Donald's going to wreck havoc up the middle. Um, that's kind of something that's given Brady one of the few things over his career that can give him problems is interior pressure quickly. And that is what Aaron Donald does every play. But if Von Miller is going to line up over a, a wounded right tackle, he has to take him to church for the entire game. He can't let up. So we know Jalen Ramsey's going to do his part. We know Aaron's going to do his part. We talk about the three-headed monster on defense. Ken Von Miller really show that what he did against Arizona wasn't just a fluke against Kyler Murray in a struggling offense. Can he do it against a well-oiled Tampa, the top, you know, top team, 13-3? and three. Any other year would have had a bye. You're coming into the defending champs in their house. So I think Von Miller's got to be the difference maker. I'm going a lot of defense because there are so many good offenses left in the postseason. X-Fact is happy made on defenders making a play. And why not the former Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, I think it's got to be the Tampa running backs. If Leonard Fournette isn't good to go, and even if he is, that's, this is the way to neutralize Aaron Donald is quick screens to the running backs. So whether it's Fournette, whether it's Rojo, whether it's Vaughn, whether it's um, Bernard, I mean, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, they've used so many different running backs these couple weeks. That is a recipe for disaster. But at the same time, they've managed to be effective. You got to continue to work those backs, neutralize Aaron Donald, neutralize Von Miller, who you just alluded to, and keep the the chains moving. And that's typically how Brady beats you: screens to running backs and, and short passes, and uh, it just becomes too much. Sunday night, six thirty, CBS. You got the eleven and six Buffalo Bills. Brad's pumped for this one. Such heading headed to Kansas City to play the twelve and five Chiefs. Um, AFC division around the bills got the best of the chiefs earlier in the year. The chiefs are favored by two. You want me to start? Sure. Go ahead. Keep going. Let me just say this. Both teams have been rather inconsistent for how good they are this year. They've definitely had their ups and downs. The chiefs, um, won a bunch of games in a row, lost to the Bengals, and then finished out their season with some wins. And they looked super impressive against the Steelers, but they had already looked impressive against the Steelers. And they looked really impressive against the Raiders, but they had already looked impressive against the Raiders. Everybody else, they kind of scooted by. Outside of the Raiders and Steelers, they kind of scooted by everybody else. The Bills had a really strange season, but they were able to get the best of the Chiefs. I think they do again. Um, this is going to be wild because you're going to need to see peak Patrick Mahomes, which I believe we can get. We've gotten it several times. He threw five touchdowns last week. And I mean, a couple other times this year. Um, but I think we're going to see peak Josh Allen too. Um, I think the chiefs defense probably ended up being a little better than new England's this year. So watch out there. But I also think Buffalo's defense ended up being better than the Steelers defense this year. So I think both teams are going to definitely have, a bigger presence defensively than they did last week, even against the Pats and the Steelers, who are good defensive teams. Um, I like the Bills here. Uh, I don't know why. I guess it's just because of how great Josh Allen's been over the course of the, the remainder of the season. And as you alluded to, when he's this good, they're hard to beat. Um I do think the Chiefs have more playmakers and more dudes, but the Bills just seem better. They just seem to be they just seem to be a little deeper, maybe. I'm taking the Bills really close. I don't even have a score prediction. I don't think they blow them out. I don't think it's anything like that. Um they won by, I believe it was eleven earlier in the year, week two or three. I don't like that. I think it's under six. Maybe 30-24. Maybe 34-30. I I don't know. I do like the Bills by 10 or 11 again. Oh, wow. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I think the Bills, um, I'll give my X factor a little early. 
it's the safety tandem that the Bills have, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Um, the, the, the different looks that they can give because of the versatility in their safeties allow them to match up one of them over the top on Tyreek Hill and then switching who's on Travis Kelsey, making the other guys beat them. I think they posed some problems, and they can even look at maybe some of the stuff the Steelers did. I know they don't have a T.J. Watt, but the Steelers were able to give the Chiefs problems for the first quarter. I don't know why it didn't continue through the whole game, but maybe they can look and find some reasons why. But this is the number one overall defense coming out of the, the NFL. In the games they lost, you would say, were on their offense, you know, just poor play. But now you have the Bills' offense playing like the team last year, every game having 20-plus first downs, uh, Stephon Digg moving the ball, the running game coming alive, and the Chiefs prosper. They play their whole defense on man coverage all the time. You can't do that against Josh Allen. He literally feasts on man coverage. I just think that the Bills, both of the teams are playing at their peak, and I think the Bills have a better roster. Um, you could argue Mahomes versus Josh Allen, and I know they've got Kelsey and Hill, um, but they've got Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, uh, Knox, uh, Dalton Knox, is that Dawson. Dawson? Dawson Knox. I mean, I just think the Bills are on fire. I think the Bills have had it out for the Chiefs since they lost in the AFC Championship game last year. They put it on them earlier this year. I think they do it again. Um, I think the Bills' offense doesn't get stopped. I think they stopped the Chiefs' offense once or twice, a little one or two more times. Not that both times are going to have perfect games, but I like 34-24 Bills. Um, I think they get it done. I think the Bills are definitely scoring over 30. Can't wait to see these two quarterbacks go at it, and this will not be the last time I feel we're going to see these two quarterbacks go at it either. Uh, people always talk about how many times Brady beat the Steelers or played Peyton Manning. It's because when you're the number one seed in your division, you're going to play each other every year. And the Chiefs and Bills are heading towards that. Lots of playoff time, lots of regular season time. These teams are going to see a lot. They already have in two or three years. So it's a fun thing. You don't want to say it's a recreation of Brady Manning, but it's this, it, it's peaking towards being the same level of competition, the same reoccurring teams that aren't in division. And uh, I'm giving the advantage to the Bills. Um, I don't think there's a massive coaching advantage. You can give it to Andy Reid. That's fine. But Sean McDermott defensively has really come on. These quarterbacks are the new prototype, what people are looking for. That's why people are looking for Herbert. You know, the big guys that can move cannon arms, this and that. Um, I just love what Josh Allen's doing. Um, give me the Bills. Give me the Bills by 10. That's crazy after what the Chiefs did, but again, I told you guys against the Chiefs, and you pointed out the rate against the Steelers. I mean, and the Raiders as well. The Chiefs look unbeatable, but against everyone else, it's you know they've won games, sure, but they can't consistently. They're always looking for that big play, and they can't always manufacture it. I think Josh Allen can manufacture more with his legs than Mahomes. I just like the Bills here. And I'm, I'm liking the Bills so much, maybe I'll switch my Super Bowl matchup. But we'll see after this week. But I like the Bills to win. And my X factor is Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, that, that safety tandem. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> My X factor is Tyree Kill. Uh, we haven't seen a good game out of Tyree Kill in over a month. His last good game was that Thursday nighter where they played the Chargers. He had 12 catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns in that game. Didn't count. Uh, since then, he's – It was like both of them had, had some stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't played great since, and he has been playing on kind of a bum ankle and um, didn't exactly have the greatest game against the Steelers. I think he had a couple of catches for like 60 yards and a touchdown. But um, really, I mean, we need Tyree Kill to be fantastic. To say the least, if if you're going to keep pace with this Buffalo team, I think I think we need Tyree Kill to be really big. Um, several catches for over a hundred and, and a touchdown or two. So need him to stretch a defense, get the underneath stuff going, and you need him to exploit that secondary. We'll see if that happens. I like the Bills though. There's also another one too when you're talking in, in terms of the Bills. Um, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. When this team has a running game that's not Josh Allen, they're simply unstoppable. If you're allowing three to four yards of carry, if the running backs 
combined have over 80 yards. There's just too many ways they can attack you from too many directions. And then you've got Stephon Diggs, who's a potential world beater himself. This offense is just the both these offenses. And then you talk about, you know, the Bengals in the AFC, too, with what they can do with, with all their playmakers, the offensive side of the ball. And then you Julio, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. So the offenses in the AFC are just fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's your NFL playoff wild card divisional round predictions. Um, Brad, I hope you had fun in Dallas. I hope Luca hits a buzzer beater and does some of the crazy shit. Nice. Um, yeah, enjoy your time, and uh, we'll talk to you this weekend for the playoffs. Yeah, man. You guys have a good day, and that's real talk. Yeah, you guys take care. Hope you guys are doing what we're doing. Football is in full swing. Big time, big time, big time matchups this weekend. Lots of quarterback matchups, lots of storylines. Hope you guys are digging it. We're out. Real talk.